What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. We are fresh off the holiday weekend at Road America. Not a great DFS weekend for me, but I was pretty irresponsible with my uh, my bankroll. Uh, but Matt Sells is still on vacation this week, so I am joined by Ed Rouse. Uh, last time you heard from Ed, he and Matt were engaged in a very friendly wager for the race at Sonoma. So, Ed... How's it going? What did you end up doing with the winnings? I know you're very eager to tell everybody. Yeah, uh, happy vacation to Matt Sells. Well-deserved, by the way. That guy works his ass off. So you do too, Malin. But, I mean, Jesus Christ, he needs, like, at least a week off. But you know what? Uh, I did win. Kurt Busch did finish uh, higher than uh, his boy Eric Jones, which I knew was going to happen. So that's why I took the bet, right? Uh, <laughs> But um, what I did with $100 is uh, I found a local liquor store here in Fresno, California that actually serves bush beer kegs. That's right, because I, I, I bet on, on Kurt Bush to win. So I actually bought a keg of bush beer with the $100. Wait, keg or cake? No, a keg. A keg. A keg oh, okay. of bush beer. <laughs> Not a cake. They don't make... They don't make Although I would like to find a place that does make bush cakes or cakes. But, no, I bought a keg and put it on my tap and uh, me, me and my friends with the town on it. And I'm going to tell you this. At first, it's really good and it seems to, to dominate in the beer tasting realm. But towards the end, it kind of fails. Kind of like, uh, I don't know, uh, Harvick. Did you get, like, <laughs> did you get uh, like a half keg or a pony? It was it was the full. It, it was actually 119 so I did have to pay 19 19 dollars out of my pocket oh, for darn. it but was it worth it yes because i won the bet um at the end of the day though um bush beer is not as good as my friend miller light so i'm gonna say fair enough uh this weekend we turn our attention to atlanta motor speedway uh, second round of racing on the new configuration for atlanta it does benefit ed's favorite driver in the field who we will lead off with he is the most expensive driver uh <clears throat> yeah the last time we raced it in march at this track the conditions were colder so this summer around it's going to be july it's going to be hot the track is going to be a little more slick however it's still a new surface it's an it's brand new uh it's it's i'm partial to the old atlanta configuration with the high tire wear and i like the strategy that you had to deploy for DFS purposes, I don't really care for this new super speedway style of racing. It's not my how, – how do you feel about it? You're giving me the thumbs down. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love this because I, I – like, <clears throat> let's be honest. The last couple of races, well, I guess uh, so, Sonoma was all right. I guess they've been road races, though. But it's now – there's going to be a really exciting race this Sunday, right? Atlanta used to be boring before this whole new – configuration and and yes ryan blaney is the favorite probably at this point and uh looking good to be the first uh win of the season which would just would that really put a rabbit in the hat probably not because he's already like what number two in points so but he'd be the 14th different driver to score a win yeah but everyone kind of expects him to already do it so it's still possible that we could get 17 drivers to get a win and then that would force somebody with a win to miss the playoffs, which is insane because typically if you win, you you're automatically in. Who, but who, who would that be right now? Truex or? Well, Truex doesn't even have a win either. Um, exactly, it, it would be Truex or uh, um, Harvick's out now, right? 
because yeah, of he the doesn't uh, have a win either. So if yeah. if 17 drivers had a win, um, I don't have the standings in front of me. I'm gonna assume. Look it up. It would be maybe Cindric. Oh well, yeah, he would be the first one out. You're right, Cindric. <laughs> which which makes sense. Rookie driver, right? One Daytona, the yeah. first race of the year. That so that makes sense. But um, yeah, I, I I like the new race at Atlanta. I enjoyed it last time, and well, obviously, Blaney was close to winning it too. And didn't he win Atlanta last year on the old? Uh, I can check. I don't really think it matters too much. Um, I think Blaney, the last five races in Atlanta, regardless of the setup, has been pretty damn good. So I think he's probably reasonably the favorite, of course, and also the most expensive driver in DFS this week. So that also so, makes he didn't win here last summer, but he did win Atlanta last March. Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, anyway, yeah, go ahead. So looking at that, it is almost like a a mini super speedway, I guess you would say that would be. Now. You, you could. It's it's almost a hybrid. Like there's drafting. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I feel like it's a little bit easier to hold the lead a little bit, or. Um, I mean, I also don't know if we should really take what we saw in March as scripture for what every race at Atlanta will be. Um, <clears throat> sure, there's going to be drafting, and there's probably going to be one of those days where you probably stack the back and mix in these drivers that are starting in the teens and probably someone in the top 10, and then mostly drivers starting outside the top 20. Um, <clears throat> but let's hit on the schedule for this weekend real quick. Uh, there's no practice for Xfinity or cup. Um, I think those are the rules nowadays for Daytona, Talladega, and now Atlanta, since it runs like a smaller super speedway. So there's no qualifying for those series. We do get the camping world truck series back on the schedule. Saturday is actually a nice fun little double header. Uh, the trucks are scheduled to get practice at nine 30 in the morning for oh. mid Ohio's road course. And then they practice six hours later or no, they qualify six hours later at 3.35 in the afternoon. Um, there's the ARCA race uh, tomorrow night at 5 p.m. on Fox Sports 1 if you're into seeing the drivers of tomorrow's tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> and the Xfinity qualifying is underway at 10 a.m. Saturday. The Xfinity race is about an hour to, probably an hour to an hour and a half after the Truck Series race ends. So really nice little doubleheader. I like it when NASCAR stacks Truck and Xfinity on the same day. Truck races at 3.35 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, Xfinity is actually starting at 5 p.m. Uh, that's insane. Those that Right? No. All right. Yeah. Truck, <laughs> I apologize. Truck race is 1.30 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday, 10.30 for Ed. Uh, 5 p.m. is the Xfinity race on Saturday. Now yes. we got that cleared up. The Cup Series is 3 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. I honestly don't know if I'm going to go. <laughs> no, not at all? Well, I went last year for both Xfinity and Cup for the July races when they came right back down to the Atlanta. street, though. Come on. You <laughs> it's, actually, go. it's like an hour away, to be honest. <laughs> I'm northwest of Atlanta, and the track is about an hour south. I'm in uh, California. S- Sonoma is, what, two hour, almost three-hour drive, and I, was, I couldn't go, and I was wanting to. <laughs> an hour drive? That's nothing. Come on. Uh, it's, it's, it's Atlanta in July. And so I have the option every year of choosing if I want to go in March when it's cooler or in, oh, that makes sense. 
I went last year in July. It was brutal. It was hot as hell. Um, I didn't even get to enjoy a good buzz at the Speedway just because I was pounding so much water that it was just negating any beer that I was putting in my body. Yeah, that's um, never good. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and on top of that, the weather in Atlanta is pretty sketchy this week. There is a fair chance that these drivers are racing to the midway point of the race and that we essentially get a race that's run halfway. Uh, yeah, that's pretty lame. It sucks. <clears throat> but at the same time, um, conditions, if it's, if it's hot as hell and then it rains, it's just going to be more humid. Not excited to go. I could change my mind come Sunday if the weather is looking a little more promising because if I went, I'd want to see a full race. Yeah. But keep that in mind when building your lineups, uh, especially Sunday morning when you're putting your uh, final touches on your builds. But with that said, oh, and by the way, Matt Sells is back on the cup playbook for Sunday's race. You don't have to deal with my uh, poor plays and failing to list Tyler Reddick in the playbook on a day that he gets. <laughs> but Ryan Blaney, 10,700 on DraftKings. Ed, go off. Well, we already talked about it already before we went this in the intro. I mean, he has a really good history here. Um, he has for a while, uh, both formats, to be honest. Um, he's a, I mean, if you want to call a plate racing, I guess it is now, right? In Atlanta? Kind of, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so he's a plate racing star. He's always, you know, first or or second getting blown out by his own teammate in Daytona. We, we won't talk about that, but he's a, I mean, he has to be the favorite this week. And uh, he's worth probably the pay for um and on DraftKings at least but uh it's gonna be hard to find i guess you can stack the back but are I'm, you I'm playing him no matter where he starts uh to be honest i i bet on him and played him in every lineup <laughs> there. but hey to be honest though by going with what you guys have said and everything i'm actually like i did the math actually earlier today in dfs i'm plus 2400 dollars this year in in Xfinity <laughs> and Cup, I don't know, but I am, and and he's been in every Cup lineup that I put in. I've won a couple five hundred. You, you guys have seen on Twitter That's true, from yeah. um, a, Xfinity, <clears throat> and, and I've been really close this year with him. I mean, he okay, Ryan Blaney. Let's be real, he's second in points. He's getting in the top ten. He's he's producing numbers no, no matter where he starts, and I think he has the most stage wins as well too. I know that doesn't matter to DFS, but he's there constantly. He's going to win a race this year. And if this is the one that he doesn't win, this is like he's so set up perfectly for this race where he should win this race. Like, it's like he'll probably be the highest owned, I would think. I I mean. Depends on where he starts. That's always that's the also kicker true. Yeah. with the super speedway races because you'll get, and this goes into lineup strategy, for both Xfinity and Cup Series when you're going with your lineup construction and how you want to make your builds. Cash games, you'll see a lot of DFS players just strictly play the last six guys, like the yeah, all six yeah, drivers yeah. starting in the back three rows. And they'll leave twenty dollars to $25,000 on the table and be perfectly fine with it because if those guys just move up through the field by default, we can that's a pretty good floor because they can't really kill you with negative PD. And yeah. if even they could still like hit the cash line with four drivers <clears throat> finishing the race and having two of their own guys wreck out. 
Now, with a GPP, you essentially need to subscribe to the same theory, but you do need to find ways to differentiate your build. That's the only way you're going to take down a GPP on a super speedway or drafting style track. So, you know, four drivers are going to be starting between outside of the top 20, probably one or two between P20 and P30, and then three, two to three drivers outside the top 30. But then you try to differentiate it and hit on a couple guys starting inside the top 20 that finish the race and either win or still finish well. Um, mm-hmm. Dominator points mean almost nothing here. Nothing, yep. Um, but I will right. say that in the race in March, we did see <clears throat> William Byron lead 111 laps on his way to a win. Ross Chastain led 42 laps. Chase Elliott led 29 um ricky stenhouse led 22 kyle uh. Bush led 21 i mean it this is a track though and we what i mean by a hybrid is like it just seems a little bit easier to hold the lead at this drafting style on a mile and a half and so i'm not opposed to maybe trying to get a dominator but if you're starting someone inside the top 12 you have to understand the risk that you're taking because there is a very good chance that they're going to go backward and just cost you pd and probably keep you from being optimal yeah i agree with that and then well okay with with blaney he's the highest owned or or like highest salary right yeah so the lower he qualifies the more owned he's going to be correct (laughs) let's put it that way right but i like someone like hamlin who's also a really good super speedway racer um at 9700 too you could probably get blaney and ham and like go lower in the back on top of that and I'm not a Hamlin fan, like NASCAR fan. No one really is. Say. Yeah, but <laughs> on this race, I kind of think he's going to be kind of lower owned. It could be valuable in this one. So here's what I'll say to Blaney's qualifying spot. I don't know if he's going to qualify poorly because if we look at just what we know about Penske and the Fords, they're going to show up with the right setup. Blaney qualified P7 at Daytona. At Atlanta, Atlanta he got the pole. Uh, in a run of four races where he got the pole at Phoenix. Uh, I apologize. Yeah, he, did yeah, not, yeah. he did not get the pole in Atlanta, but he was in the front row at P2. Way to hurt my heart, Malin. Way to hurt I'm my sorry. heart. Sorry. But he still qualified well. Uh, and then for Talladega, he qualified P7. So I think it stands with, within reason that he's going to qualify on the first five rows. But the car will have the right setup. This is a track he can win at. I mean, I know he won year last March, but different setup. He can still win on this super speedway style of, or this draft, draft drafting style. But pivoting to Hamlin now, <clears throat> I do have my concerns. Ah, oh, uh, come on. At, at Talladega this, this year, at Talladega this year, if there's a guy that I'm going to fade for leverage on a drafting style course, it will be Hamlin. He started 22nd at Talladega and only finished 21st, but he did luckily get a good chunk of Dominator points. Uh, at Atlanta earlier this year, he started 15th, finished 29th. And then at Daytona, I only, I only made like 12 lineups and I was very lucky. I only played him in one of them because he started 30th when he was chalking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it's going to come down to where he qualifies. If he's up front, I'm going to fade him. I'm not going to take the risk. I know he has the pedigree with three Daytona 500 wins. But overall, if I'm looking at Toyotas in this race, I almost prefer going with either Bubba Wallace and Kurt Busch because I trust that the way that team sets up their cars. And I'm also not opposed to playing a little bit of Martin Truex Jr. 
Um, he didn't have a good finish at Talladega. Started fourth and finished 24th, but he had, I think, Looks like 12 fastest laps and 28 laps led. The 12 fastest laps at a super speedway is kind of an outlier. That's a little weird. But at Atlanta, he started 26th, finished 8th, and then at Daytona, started 14th, finished 13th. Um, Truex is having this very strange year where he's been underpriced. 9,100 is way too cheap for Mark. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I'm just looking at it right now, and I agree with you that he is way underpriced. I wish wish we were not getting him at this price at Atlanta, but it is a price tag I might jump on if he's starting in the teens. Um, Because I'm also looking – I'm going to go back back to Blaney. It's like, you know, DraftKings is really pumping up guys that they know have – the right setup or a good pedigree for a super speedway race, you know, cause yep. Brian Blaney's coming off eight straight races where he was under 10 K and now he's the most expensive driver in the field. So DraftKings is really trying to tempt you with some of their pricing and, and it's going to come down to where everybody qualifies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious where you stand with track house racing though, because those cars are fast Essentially, wherever they race. And Ross Chastain is only 10300 Daniel Suarez is only 8900 The next cheapest guy underneath Martin Truex Jr. Yeah. You know what? I, I kind of liked those guys last year. And to be honest, last year, I played them a lot. Chastain and Suarez in my uh, DraftKings lineups, GPPs. And they won't need money because they were underrated last year. And now they're winning races <clears throat> this year. Like, they're winning. So it's kind of like, ah, oh, they're, they're not as cheap as they were last year. I, I do like Suarez at 8,900 in this race. Chastain, though, the, uh, what, third third most expensive? But he's gonna be, uh, he did win Talladega, and he was second at Atlanta earlier in the year. And he's yeah, he's, he's top fast, eight but I'm still worried about what he did over the last couple weeks um, against people. And, like, even Hamlet says, oh, it's coming. Like I, I, that's in the back of my mind a little bit. Like people don't take him seriously. So for that price, am I going to risk like someone trying to take him out, especially the super speedway, right? Where it's easy just to take someone out and spin him out. So I'm a little worried about Chastain. I'll take Suarez over Chastain for track house this week. I think the but, one thing that worries me about Ross though, is that he hasn't really gotten the dominators as much as he was. That that is also correct. Earlier yes. in the year, you know, we saw him get 83 laps led at Vegas. He led 42 laps at Atlanta, 31 uh, at Coda, a long road course. Led 86 at uh, looks like Dover. Led 26 at Talladega, and then his last big dominator performance was 153 laps led at the Coke 600. But over his last four races. In June and then into July, and this is Gateway, Sonoma, uh, Nashville, and coming off Road America. Zero laps led, but he does have 27 fastest laps, and he's finished in the top eight in every race. So he's given me a good floor. Two road courses, too. Two road courses where the team has performed very well. Uh, They've won two of the three road courses this year. But overall, we're not seeing the car dominate as much as we were earlier in the year. And I have faith that he'll be able to qualify well. And because yeah. of that, I think he could <clears> – <throat> I think a lot of people will catch on to the fact that you can potentially target dominators here and get somebody that can run out front for a whole stage. This isn't like – we in March, we didn't see this track run like Daytona and Talladega in the sense that there's a lot of passing for the lead and the dominator points are pretty 
spread out. We saw dominator points, as we discussed earlier, fall on a, on a handful of guys. Right. Um, all right, let's talk about Ryan Blaney's teammates. Joey Logano is 9,600. Uh, Austin Sindrick is only 8,100. Yeah, I'm not, awesome. I'm not touching Logano. He's been terrible lately. Have you seen Logano race the last couple of races? His team is not on. He's been nasty, gross <laughs> for his price. To be fair, he's been awful at the road courses. He was 27th at Road America and 17th at Sonoma. Okay, look at the other ones, too. He's been terrible. Well, he there. won Gateway about a month ago. Yeah, that was a month ago. Ever since then, he's been absolutely garbage. Um, Like, the, what, the Ally 400? Terrible, right? Um, He's just not been good. Like, his well, team doesn't look good, and it's just... I, I, I From a DFS perspective for Nashville, because I think they had to cancel qualifying, the remainder of qualifying, and so... He had like the second fastest lap or whatever in qualifying, so they just put him on the front row. Yeah. Um, so there, there's an extenuating circumstance there. The problem with Logano is that he always just overperforms when you least expect him to. Yeah. And I think I think the worst thing that could that could happen to us this week is that if he qualifies if he wins. poorly, well, yeah. or if he qualifies poorly and he's just obvious chalk and he goes out and busts and like good, yeah. and Penske shows up. With the the right setups for Daytona all the time, and um, I don't know, man. Like it's uh, it's just so hard to to gauge. It is it's hard to gauge. He's one hundred less than Hamlin, and what one hundred higher than Byron? Who I would rather have any one of those guys over him this week, to be honest. Um, I don't know, Logano. Like Cindric, the price is right. They a little high, eighty one hundred. Where yeah. Of course, at Daytona, you got him a lot cheaper, and he won. Um, but, I mean, I don't know, man. I really think that right now the Penske is all Blaney, and they're just trying to get Blaney to win it. <laughs> and um, I don't know if I have any trust in the other guys. From watching the races this year, too, I don't like they didn't even help him. Even Cindric, a rookie, is trying to like take him off the course and not. I just, if I'm going to have to play anyone not Blaney on the Penske team, it's going to be Cindric. Just rough. I just don't have any faith in Logano this week. All right. Next driver I want to ask you about is probably <clears throat> Lord William Byron. Won <laughs> this race. Love him. Won this race uh, back in March. Led 111 laps. And this was when Byron was on a phenomenal run. He won this race leading 100 laps. He was he started on the front row, finished third at Richmond leading 122 laps. Started fifth at Martinsville, won that race, leading over 200 laps. However, since winning Martinsville, Byron only has one top 10 finish, and that came at Sonoma. Um, and he's not finding his way to the front. There's the, the speed in the car has kind of disappeared, but he's still a multi-win driver. He's performed pretty well on super speedways. He's, he he won does. Daytona. Uh, I want to say it was the final race of the regular season. He won Daytona. Um, God, it might have been Jimmy Johnson's last year, which I think was 2020. Um, but he also, you know, won Atlanta earlier in the year. Do we think that this is a week where Byron and the Hendrick Chevys can can get it together? Because personally, I think the only Chevy, the Hendrick driver that I really want to target this week might be Chase Elliott. Um, I know Kyle Larson's probably going to qualify well. He's he always does, but I. Just don't know if I like Kyle Larson that much on a super speedway style track. 
I mean, all the Chevy guys really, uh, Super Speedway hasn't been their friend, I guess, over the last, what, year or two. Um, it's been kind of a Ford, maybe Toyota too. Um, I do like Byron. He does, qu- okay, he qualifies well at Super Speedways, and he, he has won. Um, the problem with him, it's Chevy, right? So uh, I like his price, and I like it better than Logano. If I'm paying that mid-nine, I'm going to go Byron over Logano and over Reddick. Obviously, Reddick's a very aggressive driver. He's right in the middle, um, and Reddick just won. Congratulations to Tyler Reddick, by the way. Yeah. Can we put that out there? Congratulations. I, I do like him as a person as a, <laughs> and a driver. So congratulations. I do hate that it becomes a new driver winning because Blaney hasn't won yet. But at the same time, I also like Reddick. Um, in that price point, though, I like Byron. Um, he has a chance. I mean, everyone has a chance. It's Atlanta in the new setup. But um, Byron, uh, Chevy, 9500 probably low owned on gpps by the way that's all i play so <clears throat> if you want cash games go to yeah, the Dan fact that you're up 2400 and you only play <laughs> <laughs> that's that that's how you win money that's man. awesome though yeah in nascar because it's all luck to be honest but um if someone crashes out you're done you just gotta you know but um byron he's gonna be low owned so i'm gonna play a lot of him and i like him because you know six degrees to ryan blaney he's also <laughs> engaged to his sister so um, all of, all of some shares, but uh, I'm not I'm not too <clears throat> excited. All right, uh, Bubba Wallace gets a significant price bump this week. He is typically in the mid 6K range, but this is a drafting super super speedway style track. Uh, he what with two laps to go, he was in second in this race back in March. Um, overall, he was was that five. when it rained? Was that when it rained and he won? Which one was that one? No, no, no. The, he won Talladega last year oh. in a shortened race. Right. Uh, but he was second at Daytona earlier this year. Uh, came very close to winning that one, but Austin Cindric uh, stole that one away. Um, he was running in the front as the race was winding down. I think it was the second to last lap or the final lap. Um, he was trying. He was getting a push from behind it. I don't know if it caught him off guard. He lost a little bit of control and got into the wall. Ultimately, he finished 17th. Um, and then at Talladega... Da, 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 da. Oh, not good. Talladega wasn't... <laughs> well, I mean, he was top 20, but he started pretty high, and he, I don't know, led a few laps. 26 points at an $8,100 price tag is not great. Um, however, you know, pricing isn't really restricting us this week because you can pay down for so many cheap options that are starting in the back that you just yeah, hope yeah, yeah. get 50 points. So salary doesn't really matter, but so it's like, I'm going to, I only do three lineups for super speedway races or drafting races. I do it for day. Well, actually Daytona, I did 12 because I had tickets for their big Millie maker. Hey, I um, do it. God do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then for Atlanta and Talladega, I only, I've only done three lineups this year. I'm probably going to do the same thing on Sunday. Um, and because of that, I'm going to try and spread my exposure around with each lineup. So I'm probably not going to play Bubba in two lineups, but I definitely want him in one lineup. And that's just me because I'm keeping it safe with, with just three builds for Cup and Xfinity this week. But what's your approach with Bubba? Are you on him? Uh, so I'm getting the sense that you're off him. He's been terrible. <laughs> I, I, I know there was two road courses, but his team... And him. And and by the way, uh, have we not mentioned that Christopher Bell and Bubba Wallace is switching 
um, switching uh, pit teams this week as well. I don't know if that's long term or if it's just this week. Yeah, Bubba, because I Bubba's been terrible. The last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> He's been bad. His team's been bad. So I, I guess a change in order. Will the pit change him? I don't know. It is kind of like a hybrid super speed speedway race, and he he is a good super speedway racer. I'm not going to take that away. And I do, but that price though. Why is he priced up for this when he's when his team's been so bad with a new pit crew? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, even in a JPP, and because of his name, I think he, he's going to be highly owned, too. I'm like, in a GPP, I may stay away from this week. I don't think the pit crew is as damning to his value on this style of race because the Toyotas are all going to pit together. They're going to run together. It would take a truly disastrous pit stop for Bubba to really be negatively impacted in this race like if he if he doesn't come off pit road with the other toyotas and if they can't get back on the track and draft together and he's falling out of the draft by himself yes that that could hurt him a lot but at the same time it's like i think they're making this move at least for this race because they want to make sure all six of their cars are coming out together and by giving christopher bell bubba's team you're kind of taking a risk with bell but maybe Bubba's team is getting a little tired of Bubba constantly trashing them on the radio. I also don't think Bubba's necessarily in the wrong because that pit team has been terrible on the radio. Um, there was a sequence a few weeks ago where, you know, the crew chief was screaming at them over the radio, basically like step by step, like getting guidelines on how to properly like, you know, get the tire off and then put it back on and make sure it was like locked in. But <clears throat> I think Bubba price tags are not prohibitive this week, and so even even if he was sixty seven hundred or eighty seven hundred, uh, I would still play one share in my three lineups. If I was making twenty lineups, I'd probably want to put him in four or five lineups. I know he's been terrible, but we've seen him excel and get to the front at the end of these races and stages. Yep. There's and that so too. Yeah. For that alone, if he's starting outside top. 15 i'm very interested if he's starting inside the top 15 it's like i have to weigh i guess the the risk because he he certainly can wreck you know he got into the wall in the last two laps at atlanta earlier this year um but still very 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 good plate racer i um, i think i think this is the first time all year that bubba wallace has been more salaried or on DraftKings than Christopher Bell because they switched oh, pit crews. It's, and Christopher Bell's right below him. <laughs> it's the first time all year that Bubba Wallace has been more expensive than a lot of drivers like Kurt Busch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. I, definitely Alex Bowman, who is criminally underpriced. Oh, oh, yeah, we'll talk about him. He's already in my lineup, by the way. Everyone knows when I'm <laughs> on the podcast. You starting. I already have a lineup already, <laughs> ready to go. So I will tell you that at the end. So listen to the whole podcast. My lineup's at the end. Um, by the way, the lineup, uh, what was it? Four four weeks ago actually won money so boom there you go you you're actually going to win money just by listening to this podcast right now um but that, <laughs> but we dive Hopefully. into this mid-range just just under yeah the it's gross. average price tag um there are some drivers that i'm very interested in specifically the shr guys you get chase briscoe at 7900 kevin harvick is 7600 oh yeah love that price right uh, there. cole custer is 62 i understand uh, Cole Custer has had a bad year. He probably doesn't deserve the car that he's in. This is still SHR equipment. They will get the car right for this track. 
Custer, Custer himself may not be the best plate racer, as we've seen. Uh, he was he started 29th, finished 29th at Talladega. Uh, I can't even remember if he wrecked. That's how forgettable he is. But at this style of track, but he finished 34th at Atlanta earlier this year, and he was 20th at Daytona. So Cole Custer doesn't really jump off the page as a must play, but I no. am interested in Kevin Harvick. <laughs> And Eric Almarola, who yes. has a win on super speedways as well. So I'll let you elaborate if you feel the necessary. All right, first of all, Cole Custer, you take away that one last lap where he like passed like eight people to win. Oh, Kentucky. Stilling, <laughs> stilling Tyler Reddick's Rookie of the Year award for that too, <laughs> by the way, which pissed me off because Tyler Reddick's a really talented driver and I love him. Kudos to Tyler Reddick for winning this last week. Stole his Rookie of the Year award. Um... Yeah, Cole Custer, don't even bother this week. He's not a good plate racer, and he's really may not even be in the Cup Series of the next couple of years. But um, I do love Kevin Harvick at that price, 7600 I'm on him this week a lot in GPPs. I think he'll be under-owned. Um, it's Kevin Harvick. Like, I know I talked crap on him earlier when I talked about the Bush and you know, kind of like because he was like the points leader and didn't win the championship. Chase Elliott won. Whoa. But um, uh, <laughs> but um, this week, you got to play him in GPPs. Like the, for that price, 76, you can get a lineup in that's crazy. Um, he's still a good driver. And he's from, you know, he's from the Valley where I'm from in Fresno. He's from Bakersfield. Got to love Kevin Harvick. And just for that, I'm playing him. 7,600, good driver, good crew. Love him. And also, by the way, also going to put in some money for uh, Amarola as well. Love that price as well. Uh, last year, his tour, his what What do you call it in baseball? His uh, farewell tour? Farewell tour, yes, for Amarola. Love Amarola. And, and it's also a good plate racer at 74. You can literally take these mid guys and make a whole lineup of mid guys and probably take down a good GPP. Yeah. I mean, Elmer had really solid runs at both Talladega and Daytona. Um, <clears throat> I think that, you know, you, you can't expect every, like, you know, these plate racing drivers to be consistently good at every, uh, super speedway or, you know, drafting style track, but in this seven K range and even in the six K range, we get some very good, uh, plate racers. You get Almarola, who we already touched on. Michael McDowell, <clears throat> who won yeah, the Daytona yeah, 500. Yeah. Uh, finished seventh at the Daytona 500 this year. Not a great run at Atlanta uh, earlier on, but he finished. He started 21st, finished eighth at Talladega earlier in this year. You get Michael McDowell. You get Ricky Stenhouse Jr., a perennial uh, plate racer. You also get Austin Dillon at the nice price of 6900 And then you get Eric Jones. Like, you're hey, getting- nice. You're getting some damn good drivers like underneath 8K and even under 7K. Don't like, say you, it. Don't go. say Eric Jones. Do not say Eric Jones. Do not say Eric Jones. <laughs> Look, you made money off of him. I think we yeah. can we can embrace yeah. him once again. Uh, Matt Sellis <laughs> podcast. No Eric Jones. But he finished sixth at Talladega while leading 25 laps, surprisingly. Oh, no, no. And at Atlanta earlier in the year, he started 23rd, finished 14th with 10 fastest laps. God, Eric Jones is in play, isn't he? Damn it. I mean, That's he won so, Daytona with Joe Gibbs Racing. Ah, Eric Jones is in play. He is. I hate to say it, but he's in play. 
There's a lot of guys in this range that are in play. Though. Yeah. Like I said, you could literally do like this whole seven, what, seven, nine from Briscoe down all the way to Ty Dillon at least at six, yeah. six and like literally make a good lineup that could probably win you a GPP. Like I'm not, that's crazy. That's nuts. Now, with that said, <clears throat> winning a GPP uh, at this title track is, is it's incredibly difficult. Yes, yes. Um, I think the best shape I was ever in was for this most recent Daytona 500. Uh, I had 12 lineups in the big Millie Maker. So that was like $300 worth of entries, but eight of those were, were tickets. So I got lucky in the sense that like, and there was a point in stage two when I was up, I want to say like seven grand and I was yep. really excited about that, but I was yeah, still yeah. far away <laughs> from the Millie, but stage I knew long way away. My friend stage two, <laughs> 10 laps to go in a super speedway race is a long way to go. Oh yeah. I will have a heart attack. <laughs> so this is the kind of track where it's like you set your lineup and don't check it until the very end. Um, uh, unless you're me and after stage one, you're going, look, I'm winning $4,000. It's useless. I've taken plenty of early screenshots this year at, at Dover when they were in the rain delay or whatever, and, the, and they had to finish the race Monday. Sunday night into Monday, I was oh, actually rough. I was winning a qualifying ticket for a, like a, a live final, I think in Charlotte or something. And, and so I was kind of enjoying just seeing like, you know, you know, first place with like $5,300 attached to my name and live final ticket. And sure enough, Denny Hamlin's wheel comes off at the end of stage one or they have an awful hit. (laughs) So like there goes my live final chances and an awful day. So that is amplified at super speedways. So, you know, rain, rain, rain delays are the worst in NASCAR. It is, it is, it is hard. And we're likely to run into it this weekend. No, it's, we're it's not. Atlanta we're going to be summer. clean. It's, Ed, good, it's Atlanta. Good mojo. It's, it's the summer. Good, there, good mojo. I want the good mojo. I want to watch the full race without, uh, like, stopping and having to make pulled pork, which you guys saw last week, by the way. Yeah. It was de- it was delicious. <laughs> Are there any final thoughts? Uh, I know we were kind of all over the place with this podcast, but yeah, Super Speedway style That's track. my problem. Sorry. I, uh, it's fine. I, I do have somebody. I'm going to bring him up again because we talked about Eric Jones. Go ahead. Gillian. Oh, the Todd father. The Todd father. I like him. All right. Let's talk about it. All right. He started 32nd, finished 27th at Talladega. Not awful. That was just 20 points uh, at his price tag of 6,200. First time around for Atlanta, he started 25th and finished 27th. But at Daytona, started 29th, finished 33rd. So it wasn't great. So what's putting you on Todd Gillian this week? The fact that Uh, he's Michael McDowell's teammate? And he's fifty seven hundred instead of sixty two hundred, so that extra price point. He's my boy. I'm gonna roll with him. I and okay. I'm, sure, but I'm, you could also go with Corey LaJoy, who's three hundred. I could, but Corey LaJoy likes to crash. Or like yeah, he's, he's he has his best races at play. So he started thirty third at Talladega and finished fourteenth. Started thirty third at Atlanta earlier this year and finished fifth. And then at Daytona, he started 24th and finished 14th. He's hit at least 40 points in each of the, these three races. Uh, and he's done it. And it's not just Don't make this. me do it. Don't make me do it. Don't well, no, it's, it's, it's he's kind of like the worst kept secret. But at the same time, Cord Latoy is always a guy where everyone's like, yeah, he's cheap. And he just he gets the best out of his car at super speedways. And he avoids the wrecks. And 
I know it. It's Corey LaJoy. We're not playing him. I, I feel like Co- Corey LaJoy is from like Talented Ticket Nights. He would be the first person to put the cougar on front of his car and say me. Like, that's <laughs> LaJoy. like that is Corey LaJoy. It's funny you say that because he once put his face on the hood of his car. There you go. There <laughs> it is. All right. So I am right. Yes. So um, Gillian has won me money. And if you look at his, he's consistently winning points. Never negative, constant positive points in DFS. He has one negative, which was the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 400. But other, uh, other than that, he's been positive points. And it's like, for that price, it's like, just keep on playing him. Like, you brought me on him, and I've been playing him, and I've won money playing him. So I'm I'm going to put him in there, 5,700. <clears throat> I mean, I'll, uh, yeah, LaJoy is 5,400. He's cheaper. Damn it. And plus, the nice thing about LaJoy is that everyone everyone knows he gets the most out of his ride at Super yeah, Speed. Yeah, yeah. But Especially he's only, he, he he's never spitting he never the exceeds course. 20% ownership. Yeah, no, I think he'll be high this week. Well, we always, I always think that, though, and he's always, like, right around, like, it, 20 to 20% ownership. It's a mini Super Speedway, right? So everyone in the back is going to be highly owned. So it's like, who's going to be the highest owned? Maybe Gillian will be higher owned in this like six three down because he's the most consistent of all these guys like Corey Ware, BJ McLeod, Balicki's. I mean, Balicki finished sixteenth at this race back in March. Started thirty six. He he was five k and he got forty nine points. You know, I'm not gonna lie right now. I'm looking at Harrison Burton at this price and going kind. That's uh, also a good point because that's hard uh, to It is, yeah. I, you know, I'm gonna switch my lineup a little bit real, real quick. Ooh, yeah, I like he. I like he a lot. <laughs> I mean, he probably qualified too high at Daytona, but inside the top ten with Harrison Burton, like no one's gonna Ooh, play him. With Byron too. Ooh, <clears throat> my my GPP lineup right now for everyone. You guys are gonna be blown away by this one. Go for you it. You ready for it? Yeah. All right. Ryan Blaney, of course. Um, I'm really high on we 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 didn't really talk about it that much, but I'm really high on Alex Bowman this week. Um, for his price at seven eight hundred dollars, I mean, Alex Bowman can easily win, win this race, and I think he's gonna be low owned. So for GPP, Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman, William Byron, um, Kevin Harvick, which I told you I was high on. I'm taking Harrison Burton at fifty five, only because I think he could in this type of race and he's kind of like a Penske driver. And I mean, if he qualifies in 33, 30, like he's going to make price for sure. And then I'm taking Daniel Suarez. <clears throat> I'm paying the $8,900 price. You were taking the very rare approach of spending every single dollar. Uh, you have. Oh, you're right. Wow. <clears throat> normally, yeah. normally I'm like 1000 to $2,000 down, but you're right. I am. So just to but, recap, uh, that is Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman, Kevin Harvick, William Byron, Harrison Burton, Daniel Suarez, all in great equipment. That is correct. You can make an argument for anybody on this style of track, and that leaves you with absolutely zero dollars. And that is probably going to be the lineup that takes down 100K this weekend. It's going to be mine, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ed, any final thoughts, or do you think we're pretty much good to go? I think we're good to go. Final thoughts is congratulations to Tyler Reddick. Um Congratulations to Matt Sells for getting a vacation. 
Let's yeah. put it that way. Congratulations to Matt Sells for giving me $100 to buy a cake, <laughs> a bush beer, which which we've talked about on this podcast I've never had. I got to try. It's not that great, by the way. I'd rather have Miller Lite. And congratulations to you, my friend, on the draft guide and your offensive line. It's always um, my biggest – that article takes me a month dude, at least to write. It, it is underrated. You need to read it because you never know – Who's the number one offensive line? Because I did think that was the number one offensive line. But now I'm going to tell you guys right now because you're paying for this. I'm drafting Miles Sanders in every freaking draft that I do. So I don't know go. if I am. Based <laughs> on his own comments. <laughs> uh, but Ed, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank best you too, luck. man. Best of luck to you this week and best of luck to the FA Nation.